0: Betches Media presents
1: Ha ha, laugh, funny
0: Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast
1: We don't say that, but now we said
0: it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold oh, on, check me, boo. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and today I am so excited to be joined in the studio by Heather Gay. Hi, Heather. Hi, Dylan. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to have you here. I just got to show you in our office. We have a room dubbed the Beauty Lab and Laser Parking Lot.
1: It Uh, was like being part of a zeitgeist I never dreamed possible, to be in the same building as Sonia Morgan's townhouse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where goodbye Kyle is on the wall. Like, thank you for canonizing Beauty Lab and Laser. I appreciate it. It's
0: like you have like a wax figure in Madame Tussauds. It's like you have a room named after you in the batch's office.
1: Literally, and not only named after me, but after Beauty Lab and Laser, which I know will be around for a lot longer than Heather Gay. And so that is like truly, truly a uh, credit to this experience
0: are your daughters going to like take over beauty lab one day
1: i hope that they would follow in their mother's entrepreneurial footsteps but i don't know they've they've worked there in the summers Mm -hmm. they like ashley and george my two older daughters worked there all summer and they loved it and they're good at it they kind of get the vibe we're a really unique culture and so i'm always looking for employees that can like match that same energy and when they came and worked there and could i was like i've done something right Mm -hmm. raised them well
0: I wanted to I actually wanted to start talking about like all of the stuff you have going on in your life. Obviously, Beauty Lab is doing great. You're on the third season of Housewives. You have the book coming out in a couple of months. What is it like to think about going back two or three years in your life and all of this was a total unknown to you? Like, how does that feel?
1: It feels surreal. It also feels miraculous and it feels like terrifying in a way. Because, you know, when you're on the bottom floor, you're not worried about falling, you know, and to have my life like it really was, I really didn't have hope for a palatable future. I was just kind of putting my feet on the floor and being a mom and just hoping not to mess my kids up any further than I already had. And I didn't ever imagine that I could ever be a part of the lives like I admired and watched and worshipped because it just was not even on a cloud on the horizon, And so, to think that I would be able to write a book, to go to Thailand with the all star women of Mm -hmm. the Housewives franchise, to be on a television show surrounded by like the crew and the experience, it doesn't feel real and it doesn't feel like I'm worthy of it. And it feels like it could end tomorrow and then I'd be really depressed. Like, if I (laughs) thought I was depressed years ago, you know, with no hope, I feel like if it all went away now, you know, I would feel the loss.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I do think it's obviously, when you start doing Housewives or a show like that, it's, you know, a job that you get hired for. But then it is, it becomes such a big part of your life and intertwined with all your friendships and your family and everything, your business, everything that you have going on. So I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't kind of get into that Get Mindset. sucked into yeah. it well,
1: in the book I actually write about the process of them like calling me and the entire casting process and I spoke for everyone on the cast and but specifically for me, it felt like we were interviewing and auditioning for a new life not just for like a job on a reality television show it felt like we were auditioning for a new life and I think any housewife would say once you step through that kind of gate and you become um a reality television personality, where people are filming you all the time, you have a different life, a new life, and it should be that way.
0: Mm-hmm. I was thinking about. I feel like BravoCon is kind of like a full circle thing for Salt Lake City because, of course, Andy announced the franchise for the mm-hmm. first time at BravoCon in 2019, and I think a lot of people were kind of like Salt Lake City, like, what's what what's going yeah. on there? <laughs> what is that going to be like? And then. Fast forward three years, last month, you're at BravoCon, and it's, you know, I mean, you're a rock star there. Oh, it was like being Elvis. (laughs) Like you were, I mean, out of all the people in the room, I feel like you were uh, a little bit of a favorite. Really? At BravoCon? I
1: felt like I was treasured just to be there. Like I just loved every minute of being there. I felt like it was with my people, you know, so it felt like a celebration. But for you to say that makes me thrilled because I share in that. Fandom with everyone that was there, but it definitely did feel full circle because he announced at the first BravoCon. We have never attended before. We didn't really even tour or do press because we were COVID housewives. Mm-hmm. And then when they would have that panel be so well attended, have us just going at it like housewives should. You know, on you stage, like Karamo
0: Karamo, your panel,
1: Karamo yeah. Trying to heal our relationships, <laughs> we're like, Karamo, hold my beer, okay?" You have no idea what you're stepping into, but it felt like when we were all kind of cheering and like, it felt like a celebration of just the genre in general. You know, like we were all celebrating Housewives surviving the pandemic and being back and being able to like be together at BravoCon.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think. Obviously, going from season to season on the show, every season is going to be different. There's changes in the group. But you guys, from season two to season three, you didn't have any kind of break, really. You did that Mm -hmm. reunion and then you jumped right into filming because there was so much momentum happening within your group. How do you feel looking back now that we're, you know, months out from that? What was that like really just hitting the ground running again for season three?
1: You know, it was difficult because we were still kind of trying to heal and tie up so many loose ends with reunion and what we had experienced, you know, season two. And then just to be thrown right back into, like, where we're trying to heal, we're trying to move forward, we're trying to, like, support Jen and everything that was going on. But we're also still making a television show. You know, it just mm-hmm. was really convoluted. And it we were, I think we were all grateful that the show was continuing and we were invited back for season three. At least I was. But it was hard to not have any downtime in between.
0: Mm -hmm. And especially, yeah, I mean, there's like outside factors. Obviously, you have what's going on in your life, but then it's like Mary left the show and then like Jenny left the show in a different way. And it's just like there's, when you are coming back to a new season, it's like, okay, how much do we acknowledge that this is really fast? How much do we acknowledge that this is, (laughs) that we're still, you know, you're saying like, oh, when this happened in LA and it's the reunion and it's like, oh my God, there's just so much
1: there was so much, yeah. like, there was so much, uh, like, chum in the water. I mean, it was basically <laughs> that fourth wall element, too, that we we couldn't speak about, like, this happened at Reunion. It happened when we were in L.A., but it felt like we never got to heal from the crap that went down at Reunion. And then that became what we were talking about mm-hmm. while we were filming the next season.
0: Well, I definitely felt on that first trip this season to Arizona, which, I mean, the trip to Arizona, <laughs> Your your favorite place. (laughs) Yes.
1: I love Arizona. Shout out to the sunshine states. (laughs) But it felt like. (laughs) That's Florida. Never mind.
0: (laughs) Going on that trip when there's just the five of you, it did feel like shit's going to get real. There's no place to hide in this group. Any little issue that you have with somebody, let's put it all on the table. And I would imagine you being there. You felt that even more. For sure.
1: For sure. There was no longer like, I mean, we weren't Meredith and Lisa were at odds, you know, Mary was gone. Jen was in a completely different place. It was just, yeah, it was like when the chips are down, like there's a magnifying glass on the relationships that remain.
0: Mm-hmm. I And I feel like with you and Whitney, especially, that's become a big thing from this season to girls trip. We have heard rumors that perhaps there was some, some tension there. And then seeing that also at BravoCon, it's like, it's when you look back at those moments like that trip to Arizona that it's like that magnifying glass really it finds the cracks in a way. Mm-hmm.
1: It really does. It finds the things that you weren't looking at before and it makes what might have been a small issue before the main issue. And I think evidence of that is like these are real relationships like these were these are my real Friends, we have a very small community in Salt Lake. You can't just like blend in and never see anyone ever again. You know, like I see these women, we have mutual friends, we are in each other's businesses, we're in each other's lives. We have kids the same age. Like it's really, really hard to separate who you are in your life and who you are on the show. And I never wanted the show to damage real relationships I had. And I feel like that is happening. And so this is totally new territory for me. And I think the viewers are seeing like, I don't know how to navigate this. Like, yeah. I'm in a, I don't know what to do or how to
0: behave. Well, and we'll talk more about the San Diego trip, but you, you especially going into this trip, are kind of like, what is this about to be? Yeah. What, what are these three days going to do for my entire <laughs> life? You know? What are they going to
1: do for me and what are they going to take away? I mean, I did not feel wanted. I did not know why I was getting invited.
0: Mm Well, because yeah, it's well, and also there's the whole thing of like who's who's trip (laughs) is it. But (laughs) the question is, who was the real whose trip was it, (laughs) and whose trip ends it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Before we get more into San Diego, I'm curious when you have these issues on the show, and then you're watching them back months later when the show is airing. Do you feel like it? is helpful to have kind of added context of confessionals and other people's scenes and stuff? Or does it kind of, does it make you more upset than before?
1: It deepens the wound for sure. It doesn't give like what I've seen, especially with bad weather is every time Whitney's in a confessional, I kind of hold my breath. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to deepen that that rift that's between us. And I feel like that's what's been happening. We had a lot of healing and a lot of growth. And then you rewatch it, you relive it. And if if you feel everything, if you're an empath and you feel everything, you know, you feel it again. And then it then you have added context that can either heal it or hurt it. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen that with both, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, empath. I love that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you might be the biggest empath in the group. I don't know if Lisa Barlow can claim that one. Well,
1: she's a sag and I'm a cancer. So though, if our horoscopes are any indication, cancers feel, you know, we feel
2: deeply.
0: Orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. I want to talk about your uh, your venture into having to choir this season because I think that was something that sort of felt like it came out of left field on yeah. the show, but then watching it unfold in the past few weeks, it's like, oh, this is like kind of lovely. <laughs>
1: I mean, I was so jazzed about the choir and I had been talking to um, Corey Chitwood, who is our choir director, Papa Bear, and for about a year. And it was definitely motivated, like the time frame was motivated because we were filming and I thought it would be so fun for the audience to see us actually doing this process. But I wanted to get a group together that loved music, that had some basic knowledge of music that wanted to sing as adults. You know, we don't, have sports teams anymore. We don't, none of us are going to the country club. You know, this is what I love to do is be with my friends and sing and have music. And I wanted Glee for the (laughs) middle-aged. And so the choir has been something that I have wanted to do for a minute. And um, I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it because it's we're still singing strong. We meet every other Tuesday. We have rehearsals. Our choir is growing. And I'm really proud of it. And every time I'm there, I think this is doing exactly what I wanted it to do.
0: That's amazing. And I, I obviously like there is the backdrop of the church and music being such a big thing in that community. And then when you don't when you take that away, it's like, I still I still liked that. part yeah. of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, yeah. there's a part that you feel like you want to bring back a little bit for yourself and find out what works for you. You mm-hmm. know,
0: I remember I was in Salt Lake City once when I was a kid, like with my family, and we did the like tour of the, you know, like, Temple area. Temple whatever. square. Yeah. And we went in the like Tabernacle Choir building. Yeah.
1: Well, there's a tabernacle. Okay. It's called the Tabernacle and it's the old original pioneer building right. that they established. And then they've built a conference center now, which is bigger.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but, huge, right? A
0: huge assembly hall kind of thing. But like the choir wasn't there. So instead of seeing the choir perform, we just watched like a video of them. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like this isn't quite the same.
1: <laughs> it is not quite the same. I've heard the uh, the Tabernacle Choir described as like two thousand voices that can sing sound like one singular note, which is like this amazing feat. And that's kind of why the choir works for Housewives of Salt Lake City because we have we're home to the most famous professional choir in the world. Mm-hmm. And so there, and you have to be a devout card holding m- member of the Mormon Church in order to sing in that choir. So. There's got to be an offset of people that have that ability and have that same joy and desire, but don't have the right credentials. And that's where we come in.
0: Totally. And I mean, obviously, the music is a great part of it. But also, those choir auditions turned out to be (laughs) the the venue for some really (laughs) unexpected drama. Unexpected drama. I was just shocked that everyone showed up. You got... Every single person to those auditions one way or another. Well, I'll tell you something. You throw a camera in a room and housewives show up.
1: You know, they do. They had, show up.
0: You had Meredith doing her little duties. You had Whitney she was, and Angie. She in was
1: Brian Dunkleman, but I didn't tell her that specifically. <laughs> Jen we was Ryan, Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest. Yeah, Jen was Ryan straight out the gate. But I just said, you know, the trusty assistant that has one season in her. Come on, Meredith, you can do
0: this. <laughs> what did you think seeing angie and whitney show up in those matching outfits
1: okay well two things one i was like this is a a singing choir but i appreciated the effort love that they had a routine and then i was shocked that like here is my cousin whitney in a top hat and matching leotard with angie red lips full choreographed routine and i'm the one in trouble that angie showed up (laughs) <laughs> I mean, walk me through that. You're like, like somebody had to coordinate. Those I put outfits. a poster up, and I said, "Show up and sing." And these two are showing up with a choreographed routine, but I'm the one that's betrayed Jen. You know, that's just the story of my life, right there.
0: What do you think about Angie Harrington's kind of role this season? Because it obviously she it, is connected within the group and has different relationships with everyone, but then she ultimately doesn't end up going on the San Diego trip. How do you feel about? sort of when she's included and excluded?
1: Well, so selfishly for me, whenever Angie Harrington is around, it's a lot of fun. She is kind of a razzle-dazzle girl. She's funny. She loves to sing spontaneously and have a great time. And she's all about having fun. And I've really enjoyed our friendship. So when she's not there, you know, it's there's a, a less of a fun factor for me, but also a lot less stress because there's so much conflict with her and Lisa, her and Jen. And I just don't want to be in the middle of either of those two because I'm already, you know, tenuous with Lisa at best. And I'm Jen's ride or die, you know, Mm -hmm. so I don't want to be put in the middle of someone she's having conflict with.
0: Mm -hmm. With you and Lisa, I'm I'm curious. it, It feels like you two. It always feels like there's like an alternate timeline where you could be getting along so well. And I'm do you feel like there's a specific reason why that's never clicked into place? Yeah.
1: There's an obvious, very specific reason. I got on the show with her and she denied knowing me. Mm-hmm. And in friendship warfare, being invisible is the most hurtful thing of all. So like, don't like me because of the way I act or because of who I am. But saying that I've never existed to you, that I've been invisible to you, but yet somehow you recommended me to be on this show with you. That is hurtful. And it's really, really hard to recover from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like Lisa is not the type of person to kind of like backtrack and admit that she was wrong necessarily. So I mean, if you're stuck in that path, then it's hard to really get out of there.
1: If she doesn't know me and I don't matter to her, I'm never going to – she's never going to know me and I'm never going to matter to her. And I think she's made that abundantly clear.
0: hmm And it feels like – does it feel like Whitney kind of getting closer to Lisa is – disregarding that in a way or like
1: i mean i've never considered my relationship with whitney to have anything to do with lisa at all it's Mm -hmm. just totally it is arbitrary to me where they're at in their air quote friendship or not you know (laughs) and so go with god little girl and bless you and that friendship because i know what our friendship was and if you're willing to trade that for this i don't think there should be a trade up but Mm. What are you going to do? What am I supposed to say? Like me more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that's a tough thing when you're on the show together. Obviously, you're going to be spending time together. You're going to be around each other. And you don't want to feel like you have to, you know, make your case for why you deserve to be in the room or why you deserve to be have friends or have worth or anything like that every time they're around. No, I
1: mean, and that's already the dynamic. And I just don't believe in that. Like, I believe that we're all women. We have more things that bring us together than that drive us apart. And if we can just give each other a little grace and a little benefit of the doubt, then we could probably develop really, really amazing friendships.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't feel like Housewives makes it hard sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> it makes it really hard.
0: Right. So going into this San Diego trip, you've got Angie Harrington not there. You've got Angie Katsunavis arranging the house, sort of hosting, it seems like. We call that digging her own grave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I guess I'm curious. Do you feel like Angie K has kind of, like you said, dug her own grave here? Like, do you feel like she's kind of ruining her chance to really thrive in this group?
1: Well, I don't know about this group. The moral relativity of this group shifts on a dime, so I don't know if (laughs) it will endanger her future friendships, but I'll tell you, as far as it goes with Jen, Jen Shaw is not someone that likes you to climb on her back as you're getting up the ladder and then step on their hands Mm -hmm. as you climb above and beyond them. And you could physically see that and feel that happening when we arrived in San Diego.
0: Mm -hmm. And then you physically felt the champagne coming onto your hair. You (laughs) felt that
1: swoosh of champagne. It was was like you had seen Angie just be like Jen's number one, like the sun rises and sets with Jen, throws this huge party for coach, does all these things. And then the second there was an opportunity you know, mm-hmm. with a sploosh of champagne to have it all come crushing down. You see, like, maybe that friendship wasn't sincere at all.
0: Do you, I feel like there's also a thing of the idea of the housewives versus the friends. And that in a way, it's like if you're a friend of you, whoever you were invited here by or whoever's friend you are, that it's kind of like. Know your place a little bit. Yeah, I mean, people tell Dana like six times this week you're a guest of a guest.
1: That was me telling Dana (laughs) that six times. You and some other people.
0: (laughs) She was reminded.
1: Well, I mean, because listen, guest of a guest, don't come up to the hostess and tell her what she's doing wrong. Yeah, like everybody has to know. You have to read the room, Mm -hmm. and you also have to just respect that. Like there could be other things contributing to this exchange that you're not privy to. So hold your tongue and give it a little
0: more time. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, in your group specifically, we've never seen somebody come on the show and become a housewife and stay on the show so far. It's been, you know, a housewife for one season or a friend of. And I'm curious if you think there's something about your group specifically that makes it hard to kind of get to that level within the group.
1: Well, I think that we've been through a lot together and trauma bonding is real mm-hmm. and i think that there's an energy too where it's like we didn't anticipate any of the drama that's come at us and so when when it's already established and then you have friends of or new people coming in and you feel like they they want drama and we're really just like give us 5 minutes you know yeah. we need a breather It feels like a little bit like too much, too soon, too quickly.
0: I felt like, I don't know if you watched the last season of Housewives of New Jersey, but there was like um, Tracy who came on and it was like right away, she was getting involved with Melissa and Teresa. Right. It was like, Girl, you, find, somebody else to, <laughs> find somebody else to fight with for your first season.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, go to, go for some low hanging fruit. You know, let's just like have a scuffle. Come at me. Right. I'm an easy target. But don't don't go to cut the head off the snake straight out the gate. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So when you think about our two Angie's and our, our Dana, do you feel like there is a future in the group? Would you like to see them stay around and continue on the show and, you know, potentially hold snowflakes in the future?
1: I mean, I'm, I think this opportunity is life changing and amazing. And I think it should be offered to anyone who thinks they can have the stomach for it. Mm-hmm. But I clearly do not make any casting decisions. Yeah. And the only person that really makes the casting decisions is Lisa Barlow. So we really have to ask her. It's <laughs> it, It's only her friends that come on the show and it's, <laughs> She's the one that brought me on the show, as she likes to say. So, you know, I'd have to defer to her on that one.
0: (laughs) Well, I feel like, I I mean, no matter how much Lisa may or may not be a fan of you on any given day, I feel like there's no case for you not staying on the show.
1: Well, I mean, boot me, you know, drag me, Lisa. I'm here for it.
0: and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I do want to ask, I feel like when you talk about casting for the future and what the group might look like, obviously you've been really close with Jen this whole time. And I think it's safe to say her future on the show is, you know, in a really uncertain place. How do you feel about your own kind of position within the group moving forward if Jen isn't on the show?
1: Well, it's really hard because for for so long I would say Jen Shy is the show, you Mm. know. And I still, as a viewer that loves Housewives, like we know we know that feeling. When I say that, it's not to say that the rest of us don't have merit or that she needs, you know. But there is an element that draws you in that that creates that kind of tension, and I you know, I love Jen for all of that. I love her for the highs and the lows. And um, it's hard for me too to imagine going forward without her, because that's how it's been defined for me. So for me, it's, it's like, we got all of these great opportunities, like our lives were changing. And then for it to have it and so dramatically and to have Jen, not her future with the show not be certain. It's, devastating on a global level for what her she and her family are facing but then just on a show level it it's it's hard for me to talk about too
0: you know yeah and i think right like moving forward it's like it's going to be if it you know it'll be something different and that's not a better or worse kind of statement it's just like but there's a part of
1: me that it's like do i i mean if i were you know, do you want to play if you can't if you're if you're Carmelo and John Stockton, do you want to play without one of the other? You know, so <laughs> I I like to think of it as a team mentality and we are losing a marquee player. Mm. And it doesn't mean the team and the franchise can't survive and can't have a banner year. But I think that we'd be foolish if we don't really acknowledge that, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. We got to get Meredith to work on her CEO of fun skills, though. I don't know <laughs> oh if, she's, gosh, I don't if she's up to snuff yet.
1: Jen has given her that title many times, and she is still, her resume is still lacking. <laughs> Look, Meredith, beef it up. She's got plenty of degrees. We need a CEO of fun to add to
0: it. Look, I I like I love Meredith as much as the next person, but I don't know if CEO of fun is is quite in the cards you, for her. <laughs> no,
1: she's my Switzerland <laughs> swan. I want her for her MBA and her law degree, not necessarily her good time girl status. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're 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 the only good time girl that we I try. Really I need. do some
1: heavy lifting in San Diego. It doesn't really go my way, but I'm trying to I'm trying to eke some fun out of this trip.
0: I love I was dying at what you said that a yacht is just a sprinter van on open water. <laughs> <laughs> Like, don't put us on the boat. I know, contained spaces. I mean, it's lucky just the shoes went overboard and not a human, you know? Well, I really respected your choice of the casita room because everybody else is still inside arguing over this champagne toss. And you're like in your own little corner. Private, private. had
1: two entrances, two exits. And I'm telling you right now, I am not just a housewife because I'm hot and rich. Okay, I'm smart too. And I got the isolated casita on purpose.
0: (laughs) Two entrances is really smart because then if somebody's trying to come for you, You just scurry out the back door. Listen,
1: nobody's going to ever disparage a back door. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? And I'm a back door girl. So like slip on up those back door stairs. We'll be fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This has been so fun. I want to ask, we obviously have Girls Trip coming up sometime soon-ish that you filmed. What are you most excited for people to see with that? Because it's such a different environment and I'm sure based on like you said all of the stuff that you've gone through on Salt Lake City that it was maybe nice to have a little bit of a reprieve vibe shift
1: yeah vibe shift but it was also kind of like I've been playing in the kiddie pool and I got thrown in the deep end because these are just these women just are smart and funny and quick and they read the room they Mm. read us all right so it was an amazing trip but like I really feel like you're gonna see that wherever you go There you are. And I am. Did you see the trailer at BravoCon? I did see the trailer. So did you see the full pixelated version where I apparently just threw my towel down and left the confessional room? I did. (laughs) Well, I would like to both apologize personally and globally for that moment. We were really just having a girl's trip. And what's a girl's trip without some skinny dipping? And what's what are those editors doing anyway? Let's give them more to pixelate. And I gave them a lot of landmass to pixelate.
0: Live your best (laughs) life. Did you... uh, did you talk to Portia at all about her wedding? Did you see that? Yes, I've been
1: watching and commenting and it's just spectacular. It's pure Porsche fashion, which I is all I could want for Portia is a queen. She is. She's like when she walks in the room, you want to laugh out loud, but you also want to like whisper in reverence. Mm-hmm. You know, she just is I mean, have you met her? And she's just so magnanimous. I've never and- met
0: her in person. But I remember she showed up to BravoCon in 2019. She had sprained her, like hurt her ankle or something. So for the Atlanta panel at BravoCon, they rolled her out in a wheelchair. And, she- <laughs> and then she had to like hobble to the couch. And she was just like selling the bit. like Selling, was- <laughs> yeah,
1: selling the hobble, selling it all. I adore Portia. I think she is a force to be reckoned with. So funny, so fun, and kind of just... Um, a real girls' girl.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good to know. I yeah. mean, I feel like that's the thing with girls' trip is you really get to see a different side of people when they're out of their kind of natural habitat.
1: Yeah, and I felt like with her, I got to talk about motherhood and marriage and sex and just things that like you want to talk to your girlfriends about. And normally in housewives, you don't go there. You know, mm-hmm. you don't talk about like the deep intimate issues of your heart. You fight about you know tweets or whatever, but. With Portia, she just goes immediately deep and immediately real.
0: Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, she's very cool. Now, back to Salt Lake City for the rest of the season. Is there anything that you're most excited about everyone seeing or that you're maybe least excited about everyone seeing in these next episodes? Well, apparently I had a black
1: eye, which I didn't even notice. But uh, the world, by the way, everyone, the feedback I got was that I have this huge, massive black eye. So (laughs) I'm excited to see that unfold. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm also excited for everyone to see how the season is going to end because it's pretty up in the air right now, right? I would say so. Good. I hope you're on the edge of your seats because I too would like to see how the season ends.
0: I I mean, (laughs) reunion taping, who knows? Let go and let God. Honestly,
1: if people thought that season one, season two reunions were off the hook, like they should chart three to four days for this reunion. It is going to be a lot to cover.
0: Do you have a look yet? Are you working on
1: that? Well, I have yet to be approved on my gown. So I I go through quite a bit of rejection. I mean, I have nerves of steel now. I have to submit pictures that get rejected over and over and over. I'm hoping that Amazon will have a $200 dress that I can order online that'll get approved. And then that will be what I'm wearing. So Amazon hit me up, collab, sponsored, ad, whatever it takes. Just no like like, jingling on the gloves and no feathers
0: in the face. Yes,
1: no feathers in the face and no like auditory issues for the sound guys. That's, that. those are my only two directives right now.
0: Amazing. Well, Heather, this has been so fun. Thank you so much. And you'll have to come back when the book is coming out. Yes.
1: I cannot wait to come pre-order Bad Mormon. It is a really funny, good book.
0: Amazing. Yes. Pre-order Bad Mormon, watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City yes, on Wednesday that nights on Bravo. <laughs> and thank you so much everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool.
1: batches